Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. God damn it, man. Well, I'm pretty sure that made it live. We've been live for three seconds now. So <laughs> what's going on, everybody? Uh, Matt and Dennis here uh, for the round table. We've got a special interview for you guys today. And that's him. I am, as you probably know, horrible at saying last names. So why don't you tell me how to say your last name? And then I will I will repeat it back. Yeah, Reaver. Okay, it is Reaver. I just didn't want to say Tim Reaver, and then it'd be like, no, it's 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 said Reaver. I'm like, son of a. That's Tim... one of those guys where he meets somebody at a party, and he's like, hey, can you pronounce can you pronounce uh, your it's... name again for me? And they're like, Smith. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, bud. That's just how I do it. It's, it's, it's easier that way. So Tim Reaver, who won the Roundtable Redraft League this year, is uh, joining us here today. Tim, how are you doing? Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes out of your day uh, to join us. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here with you guys. All right. So, I, I don't know how happy I am for you to be here, considering it was me you beat in the finals. My team just took a complete crap. Justin Jefferson, uh, it was, I was just looking, you beat me by you know, what, 155 to 83. And I had like, uh, it was, it was like, it was terrible, man. I mean, congratulations. I, was that all audible? I, I thought I was just saying congratulations. No, yeah, it was that, that was, I mean, if you would have said it was like 155 to 140, like maybe 155 to 80. I mean, I, I don't know. Tim sounds like he could have benched a couple of players and still won that one. So well, I mean, I got uh, 1.3 points from DK Metcalf, 1.2 well, from you know, Joe Mixon, still 2.5 from Justin Jefferson. I don't know. That's still, still a pretty big defeat. But uh, Tim – you won, you won, you beat all of us. Uh, my team sucks, so beating me probably wasn't that difficult. But as as Dennis just mentioned, you beat him in the championship to win it. What was your biggest challenge this season? Man, honestly, uh, and we'll kind of – I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit, kind of uh, my future in fantasy, but um, trying to balance as many teams as I signed up for. I was in the Scott Fishbowl this year um and trying to balance all these different teams on different platforms while having two young kids in the house that was my biggest challenge by far um but uh i was lucky that i had a a, a pretty decent draft so uh, i was able to keep transactions at a minimum this year and really just make sure i was logging in by thursday to set a lineup every week man i so, i can't I, tell you I, how much i resonate with that right there how many teams did you have probably I want to say nine. I think I had nine teams that I was committed to following and actually cared about. Okay. I, I set 25 lineups every week. And Matt probably was setting 50. No, I cut back. It's only 30 something, but it's debatable on like how impressive some of those lineups were because there were some that 
the, they were getting the minimal amount of tension. It was literally just setting. As Tim mentioned, it's one of those things where my routine is at like, it's like about four o'clock in the morning central time. I have like a 30 minute window of like nothing. That's when I would just sit down and do all my, my lineups. And there were some of them like, I'm going like, oh man, I can't believe I've had this dude in my lineup who's been out for like three weeks. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm, as, as Tim just mentioned, it, it sounds, uh, sounds like you were unfortunately doing the same thing when life kind of gets to you. Fantasy football takes a little bit of a backseat. You mentioned the Scott Fishbowl, though. How, uh, how'd you do uh, in, in the Scott Fishbowl? Very bad. Very bad. Uh, I was able to get Mahomes uh, just like that in the, in the round table. Um, but I, I went big, heavy hitters. I went Kyle Pitts because it was tight end premium, and that blew up in my face. Um, I kind of stacked, uh, stacked Raiders. So I had Carr and Jacobs and uh, Renfro and Waller. And the Raiders just didn't pan out this year. Right, so you got, you got I think by about injuries. week by about week eight, I knew I was done with that one. So I, I didn't have to log on to MFL anymore and, and mess with that. But uh I was just it was cool to be a part of because I've heard about it for so many years. Yeah, it's it's probably one of the coolest leagues to be a part of. Yeah, it sounds like uh was this your first year doing it? Yeah. So it sounds like you had uh, the same first year that me and Fox did, where I did the same thing. I went, I think, George Kittle that year, and then he ended up only playing in, like, two games. It was a, not last year, the year prior. I can't remember who my running back was, but saying, like, I lost my running back a weekend. Obviously, you lost Waller and Renfro for probably most of the season, too. I, yep. I feel like they were out a lot. So, yeah, that's uh, that sucks. Hopefully, you can get back in it next year. I know we'll talk about here, obviously, as well, your future. But what, uh, what did you like about your team uh, in the redraft league? Just having the the two workhorses at quarterback, that was my that was my strategy with it being a super flex. I thought I want to get out of the draft with having two guys that I I don't have to worry about. Um, and so locking up Mahomes and Brady kind of one two. I think Brady was a great QB two for super flex this year, and obviously Mahomes is the best player in football. So um, so yeah, that was that was nice. I had to kind of a couple injuries in there, a couple bye weeks had to start. I think uh, I think one week I actually just started a wide receiver in the super flex, but I threw Kenny Pickett out there one week. But for the most part, all season I was getting you know 30, 40 points from both of those guys at, at both QB spots, and that was that made the rest of it just easy to easy to manage. You know, looking looking at his team from that championship game, I scored eighty three points. His two quarterbacks scored seventy two points. So it was his quarterbacks were crushing it. <laughs> I, I imagine you took Mahomes in the first. Do you remember where you took Brady? Second. Oh, okay. So you went, you doubled up quarterback right off the bat. Okay. Yep. Nice. I, I wish I would have done that. I don't think I did. I don't remember how my draft went, but I know my team sucks. So <laughs> how, uh, how did you do in some of your other leagues? We just mentioned Scott Fishbowl. You said that you're in nine of them. Obviously you won our league. Any of the other ones pretty fruitful for you? Um, yeah. So a guy you guys know, uh, Matthew Fox, we, uh, started up another dynasty league. Uh, ironically enough, being a Titans fan, I still joined the league, even though it's called the, the Ryan Tannehill sucks league. Um, I was, I was more eager to join that after his performance against the Bengals in the playoffs two years ago. Um, but I ended up winning that league as well in the first, the first year. Um, so that was nice. Um, I run, Another dynasty, a 14-teamer with uh, with a bunch of guys that I, I went to college with, some family members. Um, I would have I was going for my third dynasty championship in four years, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad everything worked out for Demar Hamlin. But basically, we just said we weren't going to count points from that game, 
and I had uh, Jamar Chase and Stefan Diggs in that game. So I lost points from both of those guys and ended up coming in second place. But, um, but yeah, other than that, not, not a lot to hang my hat on um, of the nine leagues, but, um, but it's just fun doing it. I just love doing fantasy. It's just, it's fun to do and gives you something to talk about with your family for four months out of the year. Hey, I mean, you won. You've won at least multiple ones in nine. I, I just mentioned I'm in almost fifty, and I had one whopping championship this year. So uh, you know, I'm gonna say you, you're doing something right. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, you mentioned you're a Titans fan. Uh, think Tannehill's coming back? You want Tannehill back? It's this is such a bizarre off season for us. Um, I can't wrap my brain around what's going to happen. Um, at, at this point. I would say no. I, I want to win a Super Bowl more than anything, and I don't think we can do that with Ryan Tannehill, especially with how bad, how bad a shape our roster's in right now. So, um, I would rather just hit the reset button, throw throw Willis out there for a year if we got to do that. Um, if if you can bring in someone like a Jimmy G on the cheap, it's fine. A bridge quarterback, but being that we're drafting at eleventh, I'd like to see us use some assets and go up and get a get a guy go get a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud um, especially because you got the Colts and the Texans just lurking there uh, ready to grab their quarterbacks of the future I've been scared of Trevor Lawrence since the day the Jags drafted him um, I think he's the real deal so it's we had a real couple good years as Titans fans um, it can get pretty dark pretty fast so the new GM's got his hands full this offseason so with the Titans what are your feelings? So we're Ohio State guys, Matt and I. What are your feelings about Vrabel? Are you satisfied with the job he's doing? Do you think he's running out of running out of rope there and he's about done? Now, I I think Vrabel is the real deal. Um, that was one thing when we went when we uh, made it to the AFC Championship game. We lost to the Chiefs. That's done because I live in Kansas City. So all my friends, pretty much all my family, all Chiefs fans. Um, but I thought, okay, we got a, we got a coach that can do this. And then to see his coach of the year season where he won 12 games without Derrick Henry for half the season, um, with a defunct Ryan Tannehill with no receiving core, I think he's one of the top five coaches in the league. I'm ecstatic that we have him on our team. Um, and so no, I'm, I'm a huge Braves guy. I, I hope he's a Titan for life because that man can coach his ass off. Yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with how he's doing as a coach you know they're if Traylon Burks can step up and and become that wide receiver one for your team um you know but with Henry coming to the end of the road soon I don't know how much he got left in the I like Chig Okonkwo but you know he's he's a re- receiving tight end smaller guy only what 6'3 239 somewhere in that range. So it's not like he's going to be on the end of the line battling uh, guys too much, but he does provide, you know, I, I promoted him from a couple taxi squads last season to get me through the end of the year. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't, I don't see it with Willis. Uh, and it's going to, it's a long road to get there. Uh, honestly, I'd rather, I think I'd rather roll with Tannehill than the way Malik Willis looked. Who knows? From year one to year two, maybe he takes a big step. Yeah, and honestly, like I said, the way the roster is constructed, I don't. 
we'd be fortunate to compete with the Jags for an AFC South title next year. Um, I don't, we're not in the Super Bowl window anymore. So, um, so yeah. And, and the way our cap situation is we, we just cut, you know, Lawan, we cut, uh, we cut Robert Woods, cut Zach Cunningham. So we got under the cap finally. Um, cause 23 was going to be a mess for us, but 24, I think we have the eighth most cap space after this year. So, um, it'll be, I'm, I'm guessing it'll probably be kind of a reset year for us. Uh, no matter who we roll out at quarterback, probably looking at seven to nine wins somewhere in that range. And, uh, just trying to cling on to a wild card spot, something like that. So, um, I, I, I thought Malik Willis looked good, uh, against the chiefs considering he was throwing to a bunch of scrubs and practice squad guys. But, uh, but yeah, as the year went on, he didn't seem to approve. He kind of seemed to regress. And when they benched him for Josh Dobbs, I thought that's, that's it. He was probably a John Robinson guy. Um, so when they fired John Robinson, Vrabel didn't have any need to play him anymore. And they, they put a journeyman quarterback out there with the playoffs on the line. So it kind of told me everything I need to know about Willis. Well, hey, if you want to rebuild quick, there's going to be a lot of good quarterbacks in that class next year. So maybe you guys just do what you can this year, load up on some picks and, and draft a quarterback next year. Would you be in favor of, say, I know you just mentioned, you know, you'd rather them get a Stroud or Bryce Young, but if those two are gone in the, and they can't move up, would you be willing or would you be happy if they took like a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson there at 11 if, if either of them fall? Man, a, a buddy of mine, we uh we kind of root for the Florida Gators on the side, and we watched all their games this year. And both of us just thought we couldn't. At first, we couldn't believe Richardson was uh was was entering the draft because he just did not look good against SEC talent. Um, now that I see he's projected to go top ten, it makes all the sense in the world from a business perspective that he that he comes out. But with those two guys, I mean, they're lottery tickets. I've, they both have a Josh Allen comp because every quarterback gets a Josh Allen comp these days. And um, I don't know. I, I would rather if they don't move up and get, get the young or Stroud um, probably just continue to rebuild the roster. Our offensive line was by far the 32nd best offensive line in the league. Um, retool the receiver room and then go after a Caleb Williams or a, a Drake may next year. All right, so you mentioned we were going to talk about this a little bit. So here we are. This is going to be your last, or this was your last year in fantasy. What what are you moving on toward now? Yeah, just uh, stepping, like I mentioned earlier, um, with my kids, stepping kind of full force into fatherhood there and um, realizing that two little kids, they they take a lot of energy out of you. And uh, my thing is, if I can't do something all the way, then I just, I probably won't do it. So rather than, you know, miss lineups here and there or miss out on the waiver wire. Um, kind of just going to step away from fantasy for a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll probably keep one league that I've been in since I was nine years old. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to retract it. And uh, I'm hoping I'm, I'm waiting for an admissions decision, but I'm hoping to start my doctorate as well this summer. So that would be um, that would be a, a very exciting new chapter that unfortunately would just kind of leave leave things like fantasy football in the rear view for a little bit. So do you mind if I ask what your doctorate's going to be in? Uh, education administration. Okay. Very nice. Yeah, I feel like that's a tad bit more important than fantasy. <laughs> I could be wrong, you know, but uh, I feel like that is. So Matt's got Matt's got one more on here for you, and I, I don't um, – oh, okay, I thought he was asking something else. Do you feel like Elway and Manning – I don't know why he went through <laughs> Denver Broncos here, or they were at least at, at a time uh, – walking away on top. You mentioned winning a couple of your leagues here right at the end. Uh, 
Is that is that is that the real reason you're walking away? It's like, you know, I don't need to come back. I've got my Super Bowls. I'm good to go. <laughs> it, it made the decision a lot easier. I kind of started thinking this way around midseason last year. And so when I was able to to win off a couple of these championships, I was like, you know what? I think that's a good way to go out. No, no ill feelings and just going out on top, remembering that um, I was all right at this fantasy football thing while I was doing it. Uh, you'll be back. They always come back. <laughs> No, no better way than to go out on top. Before we get you out of here, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a very early prediction from you. 2020, what is that gonna be? 2023 NFL season? I always get this mixed up. Yes, 2023 NFL season. Who's your MVP and who you think wins the Super Bowl? Oh gosh, my uh, I until it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's gonna be Patrick Mahomes for me. Um, like I said, just living here in KC. Uh, the man's like Jesus around here. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. It's pretty cool. They uh, The Chiefs do training camp at uh, Missouri Western State, which is my alma mater. Shout out to the Griffs. Um, so I, I get to see them early and often starting in August. Um, so I'll go Mahomes for MVP again. Uh, my pride won't let me say the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl, though. Um, I'll probably go with... Well, let's say the Eagles next year. Let's say they get over okay. the hump. I'm I'm a huge AJ Brown fan. I, I think I've cried all the tears I can cry that he's gone now. So I'll, I'll root for that guy and and see if they can get over the hump next year. Nice. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say the Cleveland Browns, but it's okay that you <laughs> didn't. I'm not I'm not too upset about it. Well, Tim, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes out of your day. Good luck uh, with everything. And if you do decide to step back into the fantasy circles, you've always got a spot over here with us. Uh, appreciate you taking a little bit of time. Have yourself a good weekend. Yeah, you guys do. All right, so that was Tim. Uh, won our redraft league, as, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, beat Dennis in the championship. Uh, what, what, what did my, team, my ass. What did my team even do? I don't remember. I'm oh, almost uh, positive it was bad. I figured since see. you've got it up, you can let me know. Because I thought it was bad in the in the, uh, the dynasty were, too, but apparently I made the playoffs. You were five and nine. Uh, so not great, not horrible. I wasn't in the no. last place, right? That's all that matters. No, you were not in the last place. That's all that matters. Staying true to the brand. Just don't yeah, get in no. last place. You were in eleventh place. Hey, hey, it's not last though. That's all that matters. It's a twelve-team league. It don't matter where, as long as it's not last place. That's all I care about. Uh, so there's, there's not a. No, oh, go ahead. So there's, there's not a lot of new stuff to kind of go over. I mean, we do know that Aaron Rodgers is back from his darkness retreat here, Dennis, which is, yeah, you know, is what it is. Uh, we know that he's going to be traded and that Jordan Love is going to be the future of the Packers. Where do you think he chooses to go? The, the two big names have really been the Jets and the Raiders, right? Do you think it's one of them? Do you think he goes somewhere else? So he, if he can control where he's going to go, I think he goes where he thinks he's got a shot to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's the Jets right now. And, and I, I don't think it's the, Ra the Raiders either. And so his, his options for that are fairly limited. Maybe Tampa, if he's looking, because they've got – really good wide receivers, tight ends. He's more mobile than Brady was. So if they get a little, you know, he can probably hold up on the, with the offensive line, but can Tampa afford him, you know, and 
they're trading him within the conference. Would, would Green Bay even do that? Now, after watching Detroit trade Hawkinson within the division, I'm a little more thinking maybe teams will tr- be more open to trading within the, the, the conference because the goal should be to make your team better. And when you make a trade and make your team better, does it really matter that you're trading within your conference? So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I feel like I, I don't think he wants to retire, but I think he wants to have a level of control that Green Bay has just decided they're not going to give him. And I don't know that he would get that in Tampa, but we've seen, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady change teams very late in their career and pretty much get to call their shots. And I think Rodgers is probably the guy left in the league closest to being able to do that. Uh, It seemed like Russell Wilson might have tried it last year. Didn't go well. Um, I I don't know. With with Tampa, they just, to me, it's, I, I feel like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, give him the two best receivers, the best receiver pair I think he may have had in his career. And they've got a good young tight end in Kate Otten. They've got some some depth. Their their thing is more salary cap issues uh, and being able to fit him uh, under the salary cap. If I'm Green Bay and I've decided I'm tired of his BS, and and I'm just gonna try to get rid of him. I mean, does he have a not a, a veto clause in his contract? I don't believe so, but I, Green Bay has come out and said that they are, or at least their early initial said their statement was they will not trade him within the NFC. So I think that's right. why a lot of people have kind of said Jets, Raiders, which I mean, I don't know that he could win the Super Bowl this year. I could see him making the playoffs with either one of those teams. I mean, the Raiders were in the playoffs a year prior. And while I don't think all of the issues they had this year were on Derek Carr, um, I definitely think Rodgers raises the level of the players around him because he's just that good. And I think the same thing for the Jets. And the Jets had a good defense. And Brees Hall probably coming back and being good. You've got those wide receivers. They do have a good offensive line as long as uh, – was it was it Becton that got the hurt? Becton. Yeah, so like yeah. if Becton can come back, they'll still have a good offensive line. Now, they're not going to be the best team in that division. The Bills will still be, but they're probably going to be the second best. I don't know. I still don't know what's going on with Miami and Tua. I don't think it'll be the Patriots. So like he probably has a chance to make the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I agree with you. Tampa Bay would be a phenomenal landing spot, but if Green Bay sticks to their guns, like I don't know who – because. I don't see anybody in the AFC and I also don't know that he'd want to go to the AFC because you have to get through Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. I think right. he'd rather be playing Mahomes in the Super Bowl cuz it's like, hey, this right. is it. Everything on the line for the big game, not we got to get through him and possibly Josh Allen as well. You might have to get through both of them just to get to the Super Bowl. That's not easy. Like off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody in the NFC that like truly scares me. I mean, the Eagles had that great year probably still going to have that great defense hurts healthy, hopefully improving. Like outside of that, who, who is it? There's nobody off the top of my head that really scares me outside of the Eagles. So yeah, it's, right. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, and if I'm green Bay, if Tampa gives me the best deal, why am I not going to take it just because he's in the conference? It's not like yeah. Tampa's not in the AFC North anymore. No, I mean, yeah. Long, long time ago they were. When they first came in the league, 
didn't make a ton of sense, but they were there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, it seems like they've made the decision they're going to move on from him. They're going to be going with with Jordan Love too is going to be a very interesting thing cuz the last time we saw him he was good. I don't know that he was great, but you know, hey. he he was surprisingly uh, substantially better than he yeah. was the year before. Yeah. I mean, when he played last year, it made me go, "Oh, hey, I think this guy might be able to actually play versus the year before when I was like, ah, he's Malik Willis. Yep. Yeah. So it'll, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. And I don't know if there's going to be a lot of movement on that either. Cause what is a, is March, is it March 13th is the new league year? Is it 17th? Somewhere around there. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, I don't even know if we'll get any real news cause nothing can be made official until then. So, I mean, we still got three weeks probably till we get to that point. I don't know if we'll even hear anything about the Aaron Rodgers trade, but it'll be intriguing. I'm sure Pat McAfee will be the first to find out and we'll all find out through him. So, but it'll, it'll be interesting to find out uh, the other real big news item here. And uh, Tim actually touched on it while he was talking, being a, a Titans fan is that they cut Taylor Luan and Robert Woods to get under the cap. Uh, now, he thinks that they're going to be seven and nine next year. I think they're a little bit more of a project than that. But what do you think this means for the Titans letting go of Woods and Lawan? Well, it, as good as Lawan was at points in his career, you know, the last couple of years he's he's battled injury, he's battled inconsistency. Um, I, I think he's going to be uh, a productive tackle wherever he goes. You know, there's talk about. Tyron Smith has played his last snaps um, in Dallas. Uh, I heard, just heard that recently. Somebody speculating it, not necessarily that it was a, a report. Um, you know, Bernard Raymond in Indianapolis. Raymond has potential, but he struggled. You have a rookie quarterback. Um, for the most part, at least that's what we all believe. So maybe bringing in a veteran uh, like Taylor Lewan and standing in there next to uh, uh, Quentin Nelson, that you know that makes for a, a decent blindside. And then you let Raymond Bernard Raymond learn from a veteran. Um, you know, still play him. You know, uh, but there's there's lots of teams that can can use a tackle. Like uh, like Taylor Lewan, and who knows? As he's getting later in his career now, maybe he does the Larry Allen thing and kicks inside to guard and puts up you know four or five All Pro guard seasons like uh, like Larry Allen did. You know he was for you know Allen was a, was an absolute beast at tackle, and then he kicked inside. Yeah, it'll be in- intriguing to see because he was as you mentioned, one of the best left tackles in the game is really just the injury history. So I imagine wherever he's, he goes, he's probably going to get a decent contract. I mean, we've seen teams pay out the ass for, uh, was it Laramie Tunsil? And he's not necessarily, I would say he's probably one of the low end left tackles uh, in the league, but there's just so few of these guys. Like it's such an important position for these teams. But even if he moves into guard, I think he could make himself some pretty good money. I don't really know what it means for the Titans side of things. I mean, I don't really think the Robert Woods thing meant anything. I had hopes that nah. he was going to do something. He just, he couldn't do anything this year. Um, you know, I like I, I kind of agree with Tim. I really think they should just hit the reset button. If, if they think Willis is their future, I think he should just go out there day one, 
throw him out there. Let's see what he's got. And if he's not, you're likely going to be a very bad team. So now you can have your choice probably of a certain amount of quarterbacks in 2024. And then you just start rebuilding that way. Or if Willis does figure it out and he plays well enough and you want him to be your future, then you build around him. But I think they've got to make that decision. They're not... As Tim mentioned, they're not in their Super Bowl window anymore. I don't think you should throw Tannehill back out there and just if you can trade him, trade him. I know there were rumors that the Jets were interested. Trade him for whatever you can or let him go to save yourself some cap money. Go with Willis and then see what it is. Just take the 2023 season to see what your team is. Like there's there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's the worst thing in the NFL, I, I honestly think, is the same thing as uh, the worst thing in fantasy, and that's being like one of those middle teams where you can't choose, you don't choose right. your direction. Either go all in and be that contender, or just hit the reset button. Because if you hit that reset button sooner than others, you have a chance to get back to the top. And I do think that you know Vrabel proved me wrong this year. I thought that they were going to be a team that was really bad. And he had a lot of really good games. I thought that he may end up getting fired and they let go of Tannehill. It seems like he's going to be sticking around, which I'm, I'm happy for him. I, I don't, it's not that I dislike Mike Frabel. I just, some of the play calling and stuff I felt were questionable at times uh, in the past couple of years, but I, I think they've got to pick a direction and go with it. And in my opinion, I agree with what Tim said earlier in the show that uh, that direction should probably be a quick reset and not necessarily going all in to try and compete for another Super Bowl. So we do have the rookie combine coming up. It's going to be kind of the last thing that we touch on here. A little bit of a shorter show as there's not been a lot of news and everything going on. Uh, with that coming up this week, Dennis, what are you looking forward to seeing the most? Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftBook Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Um, Could you repeat that? Because you cut out a little bit on me. I think my internet's a little fuzzy. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so um, with, the, with the combine starting off this week, what are you looking forward to seeing the most? Um, I just, I want to, I want to see guys get back real doing testing. I, I want to see the guys running, but I think, you know, we're going to look at guys like Tajay Spears. Like, he may do all the drills, but... Is he, you know, he put on like 10 pounds from the end of, end of the college season until he went to the senior bowl. And he looked great at the senior bowl at 204. But did he put that weight? He, but he didn't have to get timed in the 40. So is it, well, I'm going to keep the weight on until after the combine. Then I'm going to cut that weight back off 
and then just do do my 40 at the at my pro day so you know i don't get punished for working the system basically and i think we've seen some of that stuff happen um more so these last few years where guys will bulk up for the combine not run then go back to their pro day um not weigh in at the pro day, but then run and run a good time on a home track. Uh, I, I want to see guys do drills and see how they adapt. You know, we, we've got a clear top five in the quarterback class. I'm, I'm looking to see, can somebody now present themselves? Is there a Bailey Zappi? Is there a Brock Purdy in the rest of this class? You know, I know some guys, some analysts like Tanner McKee, um, some like Dorian Thompson Robinson because of his athletic ability. Uh, I don't know that uh, DTR is a guy that's accurate enough. Um, he's And he's not as big as I thought he was. Some people like Clayton Toon, but it, is he going to be able to, you know, get away from what they did at Houston and do more of a pro-style offense? You know, Jake Hayner at Fresno State is a guy. You know, to me, Max Duggan, he reminds me of a he's he's a career backup that is going to start out as a third stringer, make his way up to a second stringer. He reminds me of Chase Daniel. You know, he's not quite big enough, doesn't quite have a strong enough arm, but dude is a scrapper and he's going to get it done. And in five years, when he's still in the league, there a team's going to go well. This is a guy we want on our team because he's great in the locker room. Um, if he has to play three games for us, hopefully our defense can keep it close and pull it out because he's not a guy that can put the team on his shoulders. You know, I, I like Hendon Hooker's talent, but you know, at 25 years old, he's going to get dinged pretty hard. Um, and, and you know, will he be able be able to overcome that? Sometimes. You know, looking at running backs, we're like, oh, we only want running backs on their first contract in fantasy. Well, if we only want them on their first contract, what's it matter if they come into the league at 23 or if they come into the league at 21, if those first three years they're producing are good for fantasy? And so uh, I I don't necessarily want to get wrapped up too much in that with running backs. I I like the depth of this running back class. and, And I was talking with Garrett last night on the uh, um, Dynasty Nerd show, and it was a, you know, in in looking at the, I was telling him, you know, we've been doing these mock drafts, and we've just released version 5.0, and we've only done two two rounds of each draft. Well, now we're getting to the point where we're combine starting. Our next one coming out is going to have three rounds. We need to see. We've narrow down like who the top 20, probably top 28 rookies are is it's how the dynasty and stuff, but like, you know, is Dwayne McBride or Kenny McIntosh, are these guys going to start to make a rise uh, in the running back class? Will they establish themselves as the, uh, you know, the third tier, fourth tier, can they make that move? You know, I wasn't big on Evan Hull. I'm a, I'm a big 10 guy. I've seen him play. Dude looked great at the Senior Bowl. He looked like he belonged. Chase Brown did not look like he belonged. Um, you know it, but then again, 
do we take, you know, one week with a team that you're not used to, you know, in a scheme you're not necessarily used to versus, you know, two years at Illinois? You know, I, I want to see some of that. Wide receiver, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, A.T. Perry. He didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl because I don't think he's a senior. But the dude, oh, definitely he's not a senior. I got his stats here. I forgot. But in the last two seasons, he caught 152 passes for almost 1,300 yards and 26 touchdowns at Wake Forest. He's big, 6'5". I'll be interested to see if he actually measures in at 6'5". On uh, sports reference, they have him at 6'3", or 6'5", 205. If he can check in at 6'3", 205, and he he can run reasonably well, I, I think he's going to end up being a guy that rises uh, in, in rookie drafts and maybe even NFL drafts. I want to see if Jackson Smith and Jigba can run under a four five. Like I don't need a four, three, nine. I don't need a four, four, one. I need a four, 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 eight, four, four, nine. That's just, he's such a good route runner. He doesn't have to run four, three or four low four fours to get open, but if he runs over a four or five, he runs a four five five, a four five eight. That's going to scare some people away. Yeah, it's going to be intriguing because there's a lot of questions. I mean, JSN's a big one. Uh, it seems like none of the quarterbacks, at least the top guys, are really going to do anything. A lot of those guys have already kind of come out and said they're not throwing or anything. So. It does give those guys that you mentioned, the DTRs, the Clayton Tunes of the world, a chance to impress at the combine because they're going to be the ones doing all the reps. Um, for me, the main thing I'm looking at is the running backs. It's such a deep class, and and I think outside of Bijan, a lot of these guys are fairly close together. So I really want to see what these guys run, if they do run what they measure in at, how they do in the drills. Um, it's not really going to shift anything major for me, but I do really just kind of want to watch and see what those guys are able to do. Because I said, a lot of those guys are grouped fairly close together. What will be intriguing is, as you mentioned with Tajay Spears, weighed in at the senior bowl, probably doesn't, or maybe does he weigh in at the combine and then not weigh in, as you mentioned, at the pro day. I'll be very curious to see how many of these guys maybe don't run their 40s here and try to do it just at their pro day. I mean, it seemed like the track was a little bit juiced last year. I wonder if it'll be again this year. I mean, there was some guys running time. Like, I love Brees Hall. He is not as fast as Jonathan Taylor. I believe he actually <laughs> tested faster than Jonathan Taylor. So maybe those guys are incentivized to actually run their 40s at the combine because it's a little bit of a juice track and not run at your pro days. It's going to be very intriguing to see who does and doesn't do stuff, but I am very intrigued to see that the wide receivers as well, just because, you know, I don't know how many of those guys are going to do anything. I don't even know what JSN will do. I would not be surprised if he doesn't do anything and then it's just everything at the pro day. Like it's going to be very intriguing to see who does and doesn't do stuff. Cause I actually think that could end up hurting the combine a little bit. If a lot of these top guys continue to opt out of doing these drills and testing stuff in this way to do it at their pro days. Well, I think JSN is going to have to do, I feel like there's going to be pressure for him to do a little more because he had one season of production and then he was injured. And, and as good as that production was, you know, the question's going to be, is he a one-year wonder? So I, I feel like he's going to – he might do a little bit more than, than uh, top-end wide receivers have done in the past. But also I, I think that, you know, the other two top receivers, Jordan Addison and 
uh, Quentin Johnston. I, I feel like if JSN does does more, it may put a little pressure on them to do more because while they're the top of this class, if you combine you know two or three classes together, the top of this class doesn't necessarily measure up very well. And, and so they're going to have some, some things to do. You know, a guy that intrigues me is, and it's because of my bias against small wide receivers and not just short wide receivers, but skinny wide receivers is Marvin Mims, you know, 177 pounds. I think he's 5'11 or six foot, you know, I, I've converted, I'm starting to convert a little bit because of how good Devonta Smith is, but I don't think you can, I don't think we should be comping Marvin Mims to Devonta Smith. I don't know that they're necessarily similar enough, but can he, you know, is he going to put on a little bit of weight? Can he carry it? How, how well will he run if he does? You know, I have a question though about a guy, a couple, three years ago, there was this Stud young wide receiver at I think Texas A and M, like something Demas or something like that. Demon Demas, yeah, yeah. What whatever happened to him? Um, like I couldn't quite remember his name. And there's that Dante Demas at Maryland, and every time yeah, I see no, that, I go, yeah. I don't think that's the same guy. What is that no. dude's name? No, Dante Demas. I'm. I really hope he does well at the combine. I don't even is he did he get invited? I honestly don't even know if he did. Uh, I um, think he, yeah, he did. Okay, I really hope he does well. So he was a guy who, before we get into Damas, uh, he was actually getting a lot of first round draft capital buzz last year. How good he was playing with Maryland, and then he like completely, uh, unfortunately, obliterated his knee. Uh, he had like a catch, and then I don't know if he got like if he got high load or if it was just one of those weird tackles where like the defender kind of came down behind him, almost like what we saw what unfortunately happened to Tony Pollard, but like, it was one of those things where like his knee kind of bent the wrong way and he really kind of messed it up and just didn't quite have a great season this year, but I'm rooting for him to test really well at the combine. Damas was one of those guys where it's hard to say what really happened to him. Um, he was an incredibly like athletic guy. I mean, he was one of those guys who, you know, um, those of you who know like the box jump stuff, like he was credible on that, could like do standing backflips, just an incredible athlete. But due to some off-field stuff, he he didn't um I wanna say it had something to do with transfer credits and something like that. Like he ended up not being able to play his senior year in high school. Cause he didn't qualify or something like that. So like that, he became a big name because he became like this Instagram star for all this stuff. He was posting like these one handed backflip catches and all this other stuff gets, gets assigned with Texas A&M was considered like one of the top athletes in the class. Just never really put it together. He was a very raw receiver. Jimbo doesn't play receivers early on on top of that. He had some off field stuff. Um, I don't want to be wrong, so I, I won't say what I believe because I don't remember if that's exactly correct. All I do is know that he beat somebody up. I'll put it that way. And if I'm remembering correctly, it was someone of the opposite sex as well. Um, and mm. then he kind of, I believe, got arrested. There was some other off-field stuff. I, he wasn't even on a team last year, and I don't think he's coming back to football either. So, uh, unfortunately, just... Uh, an undoing of his own. It wasn't anybody else. He just unfortunately did a lot of stuff off the field that caused him to not be able to do on the field what he's very talented at doing. So uh, I have a question. I don't. Well, I'm I'm uh, an Ohio State guy first, Big Ten guy second. 
but I'm, I don't dive deep into college players until, you know, they're heading towards the NFL and fantasy drafts. I watch Ohio State as a fan pulling for my team. But Charlie Jones of Purdue seemed to come out of nowhere and I don't think he's a terribly big guy, is he? He's, he's no, like he's a not. He's foot one eighty guy, one of those guys. Yeah. Is is he a legitimate prospect for the NFL? Is he in that Hunter Renfro kind of mold? I would say he's probably like Hunter Renfro before Hunter Renfro blew up. If that makes sense, he. So Purdue has a very good system. Their head coach, whose name is escaping me at the moment, but he just went to Louisville, and now I hate that I cannot remember his name. Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom, yes, thank you. Uh, Jeff Brom has been incredibly well at producing like quarterback numbers and wide receivers. I mean, David Bell, who we both know went to the Cleveland Browns. You have Rondell Moore, who destroyed Ohio State. Um, go back into his further days. I don't remember who some of his older wide receivers were, but he's always had these wide receivers who produce really well and these quarterbacks. And what also helped out Charlie Jones, or, or uh, we call him Chuck Sizzle, is, is his nickname here in the college circles. He was roommates and has known – their quarterback, who I can't remember his name either now. Everybody's uh, name is just jumping out of know. my head. Um, uh, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden is O'Connell. I was gonna call him. A- it A- is. It is um, Aiden. I was. I was gonna call him Adrian O'Connell for some reason. But yes, Aiden O'Connell. They were like roommates and like best friends for a long time. Uh, so they had that chemistry. He targeted Chuck Sizzle a ton. So I think he's an intriguing player. Um, he definitely has some special teams ability as well. So I think that'll help get him on the field, but I, I don't know that I'd view him as like a real fantasy asset. Like I think he's a guy like if you if you have a bunch of picks, you want to take like a fourth round pick on him and just let him sit on like your taxi squad for a couple years to see if he ends up turning into like a hunt for hunter run for you can. But I think like that's his absolute ceiling. And we've kind of seen that it's very rare for those guys to really hit that ceiling. So I'm rooting for him, but I don't know that he's going to be, and I could be wrong. I mean, the dude was unfortunately stuck in like offensive purgatory at Iowa for the beginning part of his career. So maybe this is the real Chuck Sizzle. We were finally able to see it in actual offense that, that was, you know, I mean, above a high school level because Iowa's offense is really bad. So, so I have a couple running backs that I'm intrigued by that, uh, you know, not top end guys. Um, you know, one is Dwayne McBride. Uh, I'm just diving into him a little bit. Feels like he's got the size to be yeah. a feature back and maybe the pop. The other guy had at one point had significantly more press behind him, but then he went, I, I forget which uh, all-star game he went to. Um, maybe it was the Shrine Bowl. Um but then, and he measured at five foot seven and a half after being listed at like five eleven and two ten at, at Minnesota, and that's Mo Ibrahim. Is, is now I had one guy on on Twitter be like, "Oh well, you know, I, I was standing there. He's he's definitely taller than five seven and a half." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. They put a ruler on him while he was standing there in yeah. his socks. We'll we'll, we'll kind of see." Um, I feel like Ibrahim is a guy that is going to get it. He's going to get a shot to make a team, um, but I feel like the odds are going to be stacked against him. Though he's very, very productive in college, but but McBride, who wasn't as productive as Ibrahim, feels like he's 
more the prototypical size style running back. Those accurate characterizations. Yeah. So for Ibrahim, I would think at best, he's probably like a two down plotter. He's not a guy that's going to catch you many balls. And I mean, even if he is say five, seven, five, eight, he did it against the big 10. It's not like he was playing in conference USA, right? I mean, he had some really good games against really good defenses in the big 10, which I mean, you uh, being an Ohio state fan, I know you just said you watch a lot of big 10 football because you're watching Ohio state. I mean, a lot of those teams are built to run the ball and stop the run. And he still put up those numbers. So I think he can be an effective running back in the NFL, but I think he becomes like that, that touchdown vulture type. Like that's what you're hoping for at best. I don't know that he's ever going to be a guy you'd expect to kind of carry your team. For Dwayne McBride, what is going to be interesting for me is is actually getting to see him in the NFL level because, again, playing at UAB, didn't really ever have to play very good competition. The one game that he played uh, really good competition was the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. We actually played fairly decently. For me, when you look at like his profile and what I think he could do, I think you're looking at a guy who you like in Marlon Mack or like a carry on Johnson role. And I was a big fan of carry on Johnson. So like, that's kind of what I see him as like, we've seen him. Like, I believe he's only caught like four balls in his entire college. Career. I don't know if you've got his stats up. It's not many. We haven't really seen him do that, but he's a really good running back. I think he's got good vision. He, he doesn't get brought down typically on the first tackle, good contact balance, not afraid to lower his shoulder and go through a guy. I was trying to pull up. What does he listen to? Two fifteen. We'll see if he actually measures in at 5'11", 215 at the combine with him being there. But he's definitely an intriguing running back. And I don't know that he's going to go super high in the NFL draft. I think he's probably more of a day three guy. So where will he go in rookie drafts? That'll be the intriguing thing. He's a guy probably be willing to take in the second round of rookie drafts, depending on where he gets drafted. Yeah, he's looking at 5'11", 215. Yeah. Rushed for 3,000 yards in his last yeah. two seasons. With 32 touchdowns, caught five passes. Yeah, that's what I, I, I remember it wasn't much. Like, if you go look at his his catching, uh, like, if, if you find someone that has the all 22, there's a couple of good places like Caddies. Obviously, you guys have that stuff as well. And if you find one that just has his catches, it's it's literally like a two-minute reel. It's only – I thought it was only four or five. So, but yeah, he's, he's a very intriguing running back. Like I said, I, for me, the, that's who he reminds me of. There's a lot of, like, Marlon Mack carry on Johnson type of, of running back. So, but now Marlon and, and carry on both were, were good pass catchers yes, in yes. college. Um, do you think he, is he on the running back spectrum of on one end, Jordan Howard and on the other end, David Johnson, like, where do you put him? Is he like right in the middle? Is he, or let's say, let's say not David Johnson. Let's say Kenneth Walker because he didn't catch passes in college either, but he seems to be doing okay at it uh, in the NFL. So between the uh, the Jordan Howard and on the Jordan the Howard Walker scale, like with Walker um, being ten, Howard being one, I would put him closer to Howard than I would Walker. Um, while Walker didn't catch a lot. He still had some pretty nice catches at Wake Forest. 
I was just not really impressed with any of the ones that I saw at UAB. Again, that's not saying that he couldn't do it. As you just mentioned, they said the same thing about Kenneth Walker. Maybe he comes into the NFL, lands on a team that's actually willing to give him the ball a ton, and he proves us wrong. But if I had to put my money on one right now, I would lean more toward the Jordan Howard scale. But again, that's not necessarily a bad thing because he is a, a very good running back. We've seen a lot of these NFL teams are going to two down backfield. So I, I still think he could produce for you. Jordan Howard had some really good – I think he had multiple running back one oh, season. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, not a knock. Years were, were, he yeah. was your, your perfect two- to three-year window guy. He, he was yeah. very productive those first couple seasons. How do you think Eric Gray is going to do? I have no idea. I really he had a really good senior season, but like I maybe I maybe it's partially my own fault and like expecting too much out of him. But like after that freshman season at Tennessee, where like he didn't he didn't even really do much. It was that bowl game where like he I believe it was the I don't remember what it was. I know it was in Florida because it was like the is it the Gator Bowl? I think it was the Gator Bowl. He got like the MVP. Maybe it was the Gasparilla Bowl, something like that. He got the MVP because he, I believe, he returned like a a kick or a punt for a touchdown. He had this nasty dead leg where like he dropped it and then went the other way and like just completely juked multiple defenders out of their out of their uh, their shoes. Looked really good. Everybody was excited for him. Didn't really do anything that next season. Then he transferred to Oklahoma. This is back when Lincoln Riley was still there. We all thought he was going to be the guy. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't couldn't beat out Ramondre, any of those guys. And I just don't know what to think about him. He reminds me a lot of one player that I ended up falling in love with. And this probably... Can I guess? Can yeah, I guess? Ahead. Go ahead. Trey Sermon? No, no. He doesn't remind me oh, of Trey okay. Sermon. He's going to... This was probably right around the time we started doing these shows i think he came out i want to say i drafted him a lot in those rookie drafts he went he ended up going to um he was a g5 guy i want to if i'm remembering correctly, I, I think he was coastal carolina went to the denver broncos everybody thought he was gonna be the guy you have any guess denver broncos that would have been it was have been like it was about Four or five years ago. Uh, was it? I keep thinking. Forget it's already 2023. It was like 2017, 2018. Yeah. Uh, D'Angelo no. Henderson. Ah. So everybody loved him coming out, thought he was going to be this. That's what Eric Gray reminds me of. I don't know that Eric Gray, his testing numbers are going to be very intriguing to me because like, I don't think he's fast, but he's not slow. He's a decent pass catcher. I'll be honest, I've not had a chance to really dive into him. There are people that I do trust that have said that they were really impressed with what he's done this year. He's a guy that I, I plan on looking at here in the next couple of weeks. So maybe I could be wrong on him. I'm, I'm going a lot based on my previous opinions of him where I just I was not super impressed by him. So Yeah, maybe, you know, as you say what what some of the people you trust, their their opinions, it, uh, the, the guy who came to mind for me was David Montgomery. Okay. It doesn't have a ton of break breakaway speed, fast enough, but good vision can can catch the ball, decent thing. You know, he, he may be a little smaller than Montgomery. You know, I don't think he'll have the draft pedigree Montgomery had, but uh, but it, you know, nowadays I'm still adjusting to like what's the real draft pedigree. Yeah. You know, fifth rounders are strolling in and running away with 
starting yeah. job. So I think I think at this point, running backs, if they're well, that's the thing too. I mean, I think you just got to pay attention. And be like well, my guy, Khalil Herbert. He got what seventh round draft capital, sixth yeah. round draft capital, and he ended up I be the guy for the Bears this year. Like running backs, that one position, I don't care about draft capital. I'm just looking at situation. And what I think about, because I drafted Khalil Herbert and all my ones. I was just like, you know what? Going to the Bears, think he's going to be fine. He's a good running back. Then ended up paying off. Now, sometimes that doesn't. Trey Sermon, uh, who's the other one? Tyrion Davis Price. Right. Two guys who got the draft capital on a team we want them to go to, too, right? San Francisco, you're like, oh, I want that running back. Neither one worked out. So it, it's definitely, there's definitely going to be some hits and misses along there. But it, it's going to be fun to see how they test and, and what happens with a lot of these guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. All right. So that is going to do it for Dennis and myself. I believe you and Matt will be back Monday. I won't be here because I've got to get some stuff done for this freshman supplemental guide, but I'm excited to see what you guys talk about on Monday. And then we'll all be back together again on Friday where who would have gone Thursday? Thursday's usually running back wide receivers, isn't it? They're like kind of the first. I, have to, I, I haven't looked closely at the, uh, um, at the uh, schedule yet. So, but we'll be live while they're doing stuff. Cause they switched it to nights, which also sucks. Like I like it. Cause I get to watch it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I'm busy. Like I also, I want to be able to watch it, but we'll be live as that stuff's going on. It'll be fun to talk about and to see how some of these players are doing. So outside of that, Dennis sitting around, listening to this, this weekend, getting some honey do, do list stuff done. It's supposed to be beautiful here in Texas. Uh, I don't know about Ohio. It's supposed to be beautiful here in Texas this weekend, wherever you are. Hopefully it's beautiful. And you're listening to this. What should you stop really quick and do? Well, hit the, go, go to your favorite podcast, search fantasy football Roundtable. click that subscribe button, download, listen, give us a re- review and a rating. We love that stuff. It helps us out. Just can't wait. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Absolutely. Everybody have a great weekend.